0: Email todayradio at rte.ie.
1: And another one of you texting uh, to 51551 about your concerns about the kids going back to school. This person says, my husband has just been diagnosed with cancer and will be starting chemo. Our son is due to go back to school. How can we make sure it's safe for my husband? We are very worried. And as I said, lots of people have different concerns in around this. You can keep those texts coming to 51551. Now, as the number, as we've been discussing of our confirmed COVID-19 infections has begun to creep up, the question arises over how prepared we We actually are for effectively tracking and containing the spread of the virus in the face of the potential surge that may be coming in the coming weeks. The virus testing has evolved and improved over the past months, but is the tracing process still fit for purpose? Well, I'm joined by Eilish McAuliffe, who is a professor with the the UCD School of Nursing, Midwifery and Health Systems. And thank you very much for joining us this morning. Um, Now, I know the current system that we have of testing and tracing, it was put together in a hurry, wasn't it, Eilish? at the height of the pandemic,
0: you think it needs to change now? Yes, good morning, Sarah. Um, Before I get on to that, I suppose one of the things I would like to say is that I think we have a fantastic spirit of volunteering in this country and that's evident, I suppose, by the 70,000 plus people that uh, signed up to the HSE call So anything I say is not a negative comment on that. And I think when we were at the height of the pandemic, um, people stepped up to the plate and volunteered. And we owe a huge gratitude, I think, to people in the academic setting. I mentioned that five of the uh, contact tracing centres were in universities who stepped up and, and, you know, Uh, got those centres operationalised, marshalled an army of volunteers, both uh, postgraduate students and staff, to to staff those centres. And I think without that huge effort we would not have dampened the curve. So we do owe a huge debt of gratitude to the people who've done that and who continue to do that. So I just wanted to start by saying Absolutely, that. Absolutely,
1: and I think it's it's good for it to be said. Um, in terms of where we are now though, and facing into the future and, and the winter and all of that, um, how do you assess our testing and tracing capability?
0: I mean, I think there's been different messages going out about it in recent times in terms of the amount of time it takes from the test right through to all of contacts being um, informed of the uh, positive result. Um, And the minister last week said the median was 3.1 days Um, in the report, the special report or the report of the special committee on COVID-19 on uh, testing and tracing. um, The HSE is saying it's 2.1 days Um, So I think there is confusion about how long it actually takes. I suppose the thing that concerns me is that the tracing centres are staffed by volunteers and have been staffed by by volunteers and by public health specialists who've been um, reassigned from their other duties to do this. And whereas that was a system that worked, I suppose, when we were in crisis times, I don't think it's a system that's sustainable into the long term. And I first raised this and became concerned about this back in April um, when at the time we were going into universities were going into exam periods. um, University staff became busy with exam marking and then there was an urgency to to conduct research in terms of understanding um, the coronavirus. Mm. Um, So it looked like there wasn't going to be the same capacity for volunteering. Now at that time, then the numbers started to drop slowly through June, July. Uh, So that was the time to really rethink the system and set up a system that wasn't so reliant on volunteers. yeah, so and, and th- th- indeed,
1: the HSE has has said that they are planning a new model for contact tracing. Um, that uh, they they recognise the demand has increased in the past week, and that they w- the plan is that there will be uh, a Galway and UCD CTC's contact tracing centres. They will have combined capacity for three hundred confirmed cases per day. Uh, so they are planning something something new. And yet, as well as that, you also have, as you say, these questions over how long this is all taking. And um, we saw last week with with questions over how long it was taking to get testing done in, in meat plants and in, in a creche that had an outbreak. And indeed, we have a tweet from Ilona Duffy on this topic. Um, she's a GP um, and she's saying, what is going on? She, she says, I have a patient with young children had positive COVID test reported on Friday. She was symptomatic for over a week before testing. Today, still no contact tracing, no testing of family and their close contacts potentially infected. You know, where does that leave us, a- a- Ailish, if that's going on?
0: Well, I think that is going on, and I suppose no system is perfect. But I I suppose the point I'm making is now is the time to, you know, improve the system. We can't rely on volunteers. We need a, a, you know, a fully trained workforce that's at the ready to respond to this. Now, the the, um, contact tracing centre in UCD has started up again. And um, as is the usual practice, on a Sunday evening, you get a text asking, can you sign up for any of these sessions during the week? Um, so people are signing up, but not in the same numbers that they were in the early stages of the pandemic. I think there's 15 people um, signed up this morning. I mean, there is a core team as well, of course, that are responding to calls. But it's it's at the, I suppose, mercy of people having the time to volunteer. Okay. And I suppose I'm concerned now again, because when we go back into September and academics are very busy at the start of the academic year, um, they won't have the same capacity Equally, I think the public health specialists, you know, when the schools are reopening, there's going to be a huge demand for public health expertise to make sure that infection control is in place and that schools are complying with all of the safety measures. So I think public health people will have a lot of other demands on their time. And I suppose one of the things that I mentioned in an article I wrote last week in The Irish Times was that, you know, in the early days, there was this um, issue about the initial calls to people who were uh COVID positive having to be made by people who were public health experts or who are medically qualified. Um, and maybe that was necessary at the time because a lot of the cases were, you know, very sick people. Now we see a lot of the positive tests are asymptomatic, up to 80% are asymptomatic. So there isn't the same need for that health expertise, or that medical expertise. And indeed, if you look at the um, Centre for Disease Control um, guidelines or principles about what what skills a contact tracer should have. They don't say they need to be medically qualified. They say they need to have an understanding of things like patient confidentiality. Yes, they need to understand medical terms, but they need kind of interpersonal skills. They need to um, understand when to refer uh, positive people on for uh, further um, guidance or, Okay, so just to be um, clear then on, on
1: what you're suggesting, that there should be recruitment now of permanent staff to these contract tracing centres, would that be right? And they don't have to be medical staff so that the medical staff can be freed up to do other jobs, which they will be needed to do?
0: Yes, and I think also with the tracing app, we need the tracing app fully integrated into that tracing system. And the tracing app, while the uptake of it has been very positive in Ireland, it still stands at around 33% of the population. In order for that app to be fully effective, it needs to be between 60 and 75% of the population. So I would be urging the public to download that app. I know there have been concerns about privacy issues, but I think and data protection, but I think the public good in this case should outweigh any of those concerns. And I think the app has been well tested. And while there have been a few glitches in terms of um, results. I think it is the best chance we have that coupled with the human tracing is the only thing that will you know, prevent the numbers going up and up again.
1: Um, so if we don't do what you're suggesting um, and we re- continue to rely on volunteers and indeed medically trained volunteers, where does that leave us going into the autumn in your view?
0: Well, I think if we continue to see the um, pattern of the numbers going up and coming down, um, we will see slowdown in the, the tracing and slowdown in the tracing means more and more people infected. I think particularly the concern now is that as most people are asymptomatic and unaware that they're carrying the virus, that, you know, they are spreading it. People are socialising, people are out and about. It's completely different to where we were at in the early stages of the pandem- pandemic, when the average number of close contacts was down to two people. Now it's upwards of six, and in some cases up to 30 And again, I suppose I would be urging the the public to be aware of that and to be keeping track of their contacts and be mindful. We all need to be acting as if we have the virus Mm. um, and therefore keeping track of who we're in close contact with, who we're interacting with and where we're going. And that will help then when you get a call from a contact tracer.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning. That's Eilish McAuliffe, who is professor with the UCD School of Nursing, Midwifery and Health Systems. Back after this.
0: Today with Sarah McInerney on
1: RTE Radio 1.